Welcome back to the latest edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can search for Champs Corner on any podcast platform. Please do that, especially Apple. You can go rate us and review us. Go give us a five-star rating. Um, been about a month or so since we talked to you guys last, and Alabama's got some big basketball news coming. Just got one commitment, could get another one from the state's top prospect. Uh, Coming up, but we're going to talk also about the Alabama-Missouri game and then answer a few listener questions. So let me bring in my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, as always, it's it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. You know, this is the busiest time of the year for me, or one of the busiest times of the year. We got uh, SEC football is finally starting back. I got my uh, recruiting with high school footballs is uh, in full swing and mostly uh, throughout the South and in Alabama. So I got a lot of stuff going on, Drew, but I'm so proud that I get to take a few minutes out of my week and talk to you. That's really fantastic, Mark, and I appreciate it. I know it's been a busy time. You've been breaking down some film of some high school recruits. Alabama has its first home game this coming Saturday against Texas A&M, and it's going to be at 2.30 on CBS. And you will see some fans in the stands, but you obviously will not see a full house. Uh, but, Mark, I know uh, – what are you hearing? You know, and you talk to Mr. Mr. Byrne pretty regularly. What are you hearing on the number of fans there? How's that going to affect your Dippin' Dots carts that you've – I believe this is the third season you've been in charge of all the dip and dots cards of the game. That's a great question, Drew. It's been uh, I've been you know these business meetings I've been going to. They've been with Mr. Byrne. Uh, we're trying to figure out how we can improve the uh, the the number of attendees. You know the the official limits twenty percent, but we've been working with Mr. Byrne to get it closer to forty or fifty percent capacity, and you should be able to see that Saturday at the uh, at the game. Of course, we're doing that. Try to get more people to buy dip and dots. Uh, personally, it's a little frustrating. We're not starting until so late, so we miss out on the on the on the you know the warmest part of the year in August. Uh, but hopefully, again, it'll be warm enough. We'll uh, sell a whole bunch of dipping dots coming up here this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like you're going to have a good uh, good business model for that. And we'll talk about your 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 special flavor of the week as we get later into the podcast. So. Uh, before we get into some football, I wanted to put this move, the basketball recruiting part up to the earlier part of the podcast. You know, Coach Oates, Coach Nate Oates has done a really good job so far with uh, getting some big-time recruits for Alabama. The 2021 class just got its first pledge. It's uh, Jusson Holt from uh, Roswell, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Looks like he's a wing player. Mark, what can you tell us about him? Well, I like this player a lot, Drew. He's 6'6". He's only 200 pounds. He's got to get some weight on him, obviously. You know, he needs to be able to be an effective uh, college play- basketball player and bank around in the SEC. He's going to have to put some weight on Even though Coach Oates wants to play fast and wants to just run up and down the floor, uh, you got to be able to have guys who can, uh, you know, bang around there a little bit. So he's going to have to put some weight on. Uh, he's out of Roswell, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. I've got him as a top 75 player. Good shooter, pretty good ball handler, um, really athletic kid. But, yeah, he just got to put some weight on him in order to uh, really be a huge contributor for uh, Coach Oates. Yeah, Mark, it's out of St. Francis Day School. I'm sure you've been there a time or two. Um, who would you compare him to? Uh, you know, I, I was looking back at old film. He reminds a lot of a guy who well, wasn't very highly recruited, and I told everybody I knew back up in the Northeast they should recruit this kid. Uh, but my connections there aren't as good as they are here, so not not many people listen. But uh, guy started out going to small D three school, uh, Williams College, went out and actually transferred to the Big Ten and played for Michigan. Of course, I'm talking about Duncan Robinson. Do you remember Duncan Robinson, Drew? 
Yeah, the same Duncan Robinson out of York, Maine, who who is now actually a starting guard for the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. That's correct, Drew. Unfortunately, my my contacts in Maine couldn't really help me out or uh, couldn't get to the right people uh, and relay that information to the coaches up there in the in the Big East uh, to to get Mr. Robinson properly recruited. But it all worked out for him, and uh, you see now, be as uh, as you said, he's starting in the NBA. Apparently, uh, I didn't know that, but good for him. And uh, I'm excited for the young man. He's, you know, I hope he has a lot of success in the NBA. And uh, you look at Juwan Holt, he got the same type of, type of potential that Duncan Robinson does. Absolutely. It's a good first pledge for Coach Oates. It looks like they'll probably maybe sign three or four guys this year. Haven't quite checked the scholarship, uh, you know, roster situation as it pertains to next year. But there's always so much roster turnover in basketball that I expect the number to be at least four when it's all said and done. Another huge piece of that puzzle could be J.D. Davison. He is a five-star recruit. Here in Alabama from Calhoun High School, he's easily the top player in the state in this class. And at first he was going to announce his commitment on Halloween, but now that has been bumped up to this Saturday, October the 3rd. And it really looks like an Auburn-Alabama battle, Mark. Uh, Maybe I'm sure some other big schools are in there in the mix as well, but it looks like he may stay in state, Mark. What's the latest on J.D. Davison? Well, you said it, Drew. We were all kind of surprised he wanted to move uh, move up as an announcement, but I think it's, he's just kind of gotten tired of it and ready to get out of the way, uh, especially with high school basketball coming up here soon and practice getting started. He wants to go ahead and be focused on his high school team this year. He is uh, one of the top guards in the country, maybe the top guard. Uh, it, it's really a, an honor for people of Alabama. You know, we get great football players all the time, but we don't get a lot of fantastic basketball players. So uh, he's out of Lettahatchee, Alabama. I've been to their, their gym a whole bunch of times. It's really not too far from the course. Uh, his speed is really what makes him stand out. I mean, he's probably not as fast as, say, Kyra Lewis, uh, but I think he's a, he's a better natural basketball player than Kyra Lewis, maybe has a little more uh, smarts. Uh, those intangibles that people talk about in terms of knowing the game. So uh, I, I completely agree with the recruiting experts here. I think he's one of the top players in the country and maybe the top guard in the country. Yeah. Um, when you look at his film, Mark, who does he remind you of from years past? I'm glad you asked that, Drew. He reminds me a lot of a young man out of the uh, city of Chicago. Went out and uh, played college uh, at Marquette. Um, had, had, had a really successful college career. Went and got drafted in the second round. Um, now he played a long career at the Atlanta Hawks. I believe he's in coaching the NBA now, from what I recall. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but, of course, I'm talking about uh, Glenn Rivers. Do you remember Glenn Rivers, Drew? Yeah, uh, I think his professional name is Doc Rivers, right? I, I call him by his Christian name, Drew. You can call him whatever you want. Yeah, is this the same uh, Glenn, uh, quote, Doc, unquote, Rivers, who was the, uh, the USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year in 1982? Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all, Drew. I, I can't recall all the way back. That was 1982. That was almost 40 years ago. Uh, it, you know, I, but I, I'm sure it was, Drew. It sounds sounds right to me. Yeah, he was actually just recently relieved from his coaching duties with the Los Angeles Clippers. He had taken them, uh, you know, to the coaching for the last seven years, won 356 games. That sounds pretty good, but they couldn't get past the semifinals this year. Actually, uh have have not been able to get past the conference semifinals over the last during his uh, or even in franchise history. So they, they, uh, that doesn't sound right, Drew. That seems like they had some playoff success. Was there anything going else going on as to why he might have been released? You know, no, I'm not really sure. I mean, obviously he had some of the best players in the NBA, like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but uh, it seems like they were winning games. 
Well, he probably, you know, you know how these NBA owners are. He might have gotten fired for his race or, or, or doing something like promoting uh, racial equality or something. He might have been too loud about that. You know how these owners are. They don't like it. Uh, they don't like when people speak out for things like social justice. That, that's probably what got him fired, Drew, is what it sounds like. It had nothing to do with the on-the-court on the performance. Yeah, I think he was a big proponent of that. But um, but the good thing is I did see rumors that he's uh, – or credible reports that he's going to interview with the Philadelphia 76ers. That seems like a more uh, better organization to fit his personality and his coaching skills. Yeah, Drew, I, I, I don't know anything about the NBA, Drew. I've said this about a thousand times in the podcast. I don't, I don't follow the pro game very much, but uh, so I'll leave that to you. All right. Well, let's, uh, this is not an NBA podcast. Let's get to start talking about some college football here. Before we get to the Alabama game, Mark, uh, Pretty much all the conferences in Division One are going to come back and play now, or the FBS conferences. The FCS will play in the spring, but pretty you're going to have a all but about two or three teams: uh, Old Dominion, New Mexico State, and I think another. I, maybe it's Massachusetts. I can't remember which which school it is, but most everybody's going to be playing football in some form or fashion this fall. The Big Ten, the Pac-8, they're all going to come back. The Mountain West, the MAC. How excited are you to see these conferences coming back, Mark? And how much of a role did you play in that happening? Well, Drew, I'm always excited to be fo- to see football being played, and I-, I wish I could say I didn't have much to do with it. But as a matter of fact, I did. You know, I, I was working with, uh, yeah, I-, I had to have some um, court issues with some journalists who are trying to stop football from being played. I ended up winning uh, those lawsuits and settling for a not insignificant amount of money. Uh, so that's exciting to me. I was able to work with the uh, the Big Ten, some of the Big Ten people about, you know, they're concerned about myocarditis, and I showed them some of the research that I knew about to, to in order to enable them to make what was the best decision, that's obviously to come back. So I'm excited about football coming back, Drew. It's the best time of the year, and I'm, uh, I'm so glad I was able to play a small part in it. Yeah, uh, how much did, did uh, Mr. Shinari, your attorney, help you? And are there any any uh, media outlets you want to single out as, as it pertains to this? Um, you know, there's of course there's media outlets I'd like to single out, Drew, but I'm not. I'm going to be above that. I'm not going to mention the, you know, Stuart Mandel and the Athletic. Uh, I'm not going to mention them uh, in terms of of their efforts to cancel football season. People like uh, Dan Wolken at USA Today. I'm not going to bring him up either. So. Um, I, I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward, though, to the success of the athletic, athletic going forward. Uh, as now I'm part of the minority owner of the athletic and part of that ownership group, I, I look forward to the success of the athletic in the future. Oh, that's exciting. I can't wait to talk more about that on a future podcast, Mark. But uh, I suspect you want to talk more about actual football now, correct? Yeah, Drew, I need to let's, let's do that, Drew. This is much better use of my time. All right. Well, so Alabama beats Missouri on the road 38-19. to 19. I think they had about 20,000 fans there. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell were among the offensive stars. It was good to see Dylan Moses back after a year off from his ACL injury. He looked pretty good. What, uh, what impressed you the most from the game? Well, the thing I liked the most, I don't know if you're paying much attention, Drew, in the fourth quarter there is that punt. And uh, uh, Missouri uh, – Guy muffed it. He heard the footsteps of uh, Thomas Fletcher coming down to pop him real good, and he muffed the ball. And uh, Thomas Fletcher ended up the recovery. Um, so I, I, I can't, I, you know, I'm totally impressed by the effort and the grit of Thomas Fletcher. You know, he doesn't have to do those things. He didn't get drafted highly just based on his pure physical talent and skill as a long snapper. But to show that type of grit on the football field, that really showed me something. I actually sent that clip to Mel Kuyper Jr., and he's already moved him up 20 spots based on that single play. All right. Yeah, I definitely remember that. I think it was uh, 
Another Alabama player could have fallen on it a lot sooner, but he muffed it. It may have been Daniel Wright, but I don't want to call him out if it wasn't him. But uh, Thomas Fletcher came down and got it, so Alabama was able to pick up possession deep in Missouri territory. So, uh, it, you know, Alabama had a pretty has a pretty talented freshman class. One of them, uh, outside linebacker Will Anderson, actually got the start. He had three registered tackles, but it seemed like he made a pretty big impact in the game. Mark, what did you think about Will Anderson's performance? Yeah, to the amateur observer, he, he looked pretty good blowing up some of those option plays, but a lot of people missed the fact that he was kind of stonewalled in a lot of those normal drop-back passing situations. You know, uh, Larry Borum, number 79 for Mizzou, pretty much smothered him for most of the time in those spots. So uh, I thought Will Anderson did well in some areas. Of course, those option plays, uh, you know, his job was to take out the fullback, and he did a great job of that. Um he, uh, he really needs to work on his pass rushing game, though. And, of course, he's a brand-new player, uh, true freshman. He's always going to have something to work on. But uh, overall, I'll say it's a, a very positive start for Will Anderson. All right. Uh, any other concerns, Mark, that you want to you hit on before I ask you some specific questions? I thought the backup running backs really struggled. I thought after Najee Harris, there's not a lot of depth right now for the Alabama backfield. You know, maybe long for Keelan Robinson, who, uh, who opted out this year, as you know. Uh, if you're an Alabama fan, I think you want him to, act, to opt back in. Uh, other options for Roydell Williams to emerge. He didn't get many much playing time on uh, on Saturday, so maybe he can he can get some snaps coming out. Um, he didn't get any uh, playing time. Excuse me, I got that backwards. I'm sorry. Um, you know, say what you will about a lot of guys about Keelan Robinson who uh, who opted out, but at least you know he get up there and he get his you know he get behind that line and grind out two yards and it's there. And I didn't see any of that from uh, from Trey Sanders on Saturday. So uh, you know, Brian Robinson was out there didn't do much either. Just Brian Robinson, Trey Sanders just don't have that burst that you're usually used to seeing from uh, an Alabama running back group. Yeah, Brian Robinson also dropped a wide open touchdown on a wheel route. It was perfectly placed by Mac Jones, but it didn't work out. So. Uh, other all outside linebackers, Christopher Allen got the start, and uh, Ben Davis got a little bit of playing time here and there. What what were your overall impressions of the outside linebackers, Mark? Well, yeah, we talked about Will Anderson already. He certainly looks like he could be outstanding. But uh, outside of him, and really him included, how many quarterback pressures came from the outside linebacker on Saturday? Uh, you know, if you're an opponent of Alabama, you're probably looking at that defense and trying to get Alabama in regular and, and just throw at the, the outside linebacker to see what they could do. So um, there's certainly areas for concern for Alabama in terms of their, their defense at this point. Um, yeah, I thought the defensive line played pretty well. The linebackers played well for the most part. But there's certainly some question marks regarding those guys, uh, regarding those guys who uh, play OLB and, and their ability in the passing game. All right, and uh, Alabama had uh, several new starters in the secondary. You know, Patrick Sertan returned at cornerback. You also had Josh Job at corner. Malachi Moore, the true freshman from Hewitt Trustville, got a lot of playing time at the star position. But, you know, at safety, you had guys like uh, Jordan Battle, the sophomore. He looks to be a rising star. But uh, Daniel Wright's a guy who's been around the program for a while. He got the start at the other safety spot. What, what's your thoughts on the safety position? Well, safeties and, and, and the nickel position are the biggest collective concern for Alabama's defense right now. Um, I don't think Daniel Wright – he doesn't – he didn't look like much of an upgrade over last year's starter, Jared Maiden, yet. Um, but the opportunity does for exist for him to improve to get better. Uh, but, yeah, as of right now, I think that defensive backfield are huge problems or huge question marks for the Alabama defense. Okay. And so late in the fourth quarter, Alabama subbed in a lot of their second string players. Uh, not every one of them, especially on the offensive line, just a couple there. But any surprises there for you, especially defensively when the backups came in? Yeah, I was pretty surprised that Jalen Moody was ahead of Ali Cahoe 
uh, and on the depth chart. I didn't really expect that. You know, I try to get to talk to Cedric all the time to give me the heads up. These things are going to happen, but he didn't. So I have to talk to him to make sure that uh, we're on the same page going forward. But, yeah, Jalen Moody ahead of Ali Keho, that was pretty wild. I didn't see that coming, Drew. Yeah, and then Christian Harris, the sophomore linebacker, he looks like he made a pretty uh, – he looks like he's made some improvements out there. He played a lot last year as a true freshman, had some struggles, but uh, seems like Alabama's expecting a lot more out of him this year. Yeah, you know, uh, Christian Harris, I like I like him at Dime Money over DeMarco Hellams at Nickel Money. I thought the Dime ghost change, as they say, is, is in my opinion, simply about keeping Christian Harris away to be on the field, which is great. Um, it's also good they're airing on the side of nickel against 11 and an iffy down a distance situation, which is something, you know, we've wanted the past two. Uh, we've, we've done in the past as well. You look at uh, four plays, uh, you know, the Aaron Hernandez shovel pass, Zeke Elliott third and goal. Uh, so we've seen that before from Alabama. All right. Well, enough, uh, en- enough gameplay here. You know, your dipping dots projections or your dipping job, your dipping dots business has brought you millions of dollars over the last two years. How uh, how have you done getting ready for that uh, part of the Alabama football game day experience? I know you spent uh, extra overtime working on that, right? Drew, we've had plenty of college students on hand doing some taste tests. So we really narrowed down some great featured flavors that we're going to announce for each home game. We got five flavors we're going to announce throughout the throughout the year, um, and we are we are excited about those, Drew. And, and we're going to slowly announce them. The first one this week is called it's called Gator Bait. It's got melon liqueur. Uh, pineapple juice, three shots of Bacardi 151 rum, and a little splash of, splash of cream on top of it, Drew. So we're excited about it. This is honor of Florida, former Florida wide receiver Taylor Jacobs uh, and his relationship with Coach Fisher, uh, with Coach Fisher coming in town. So uh, that's this week's flavor, Drew. We're real excited about it. We're, we uh, have a lot of believe, we believe uh, this type of flavor has a lot of potential for the game this Saturday. Okay, yeah, I was really wondering why it was called Gator Bait, but you explained it pretty well there. Has Yorgo been uh, a part of the taste test? It seems like uh, he would be the perfect one to volunteer for all that. Yeah, he's been, he's been playing a role when he's been back in the back putting uh, putting the flavors together, doing some taste testing for us. So not too much, of course, because, uh, you know, uh, I, I got to have him doing other things like uh, working on the COVID-19 vaccine and all that. So uh, he can't be back there too much. But, yeah, he's definitely played a role in getting these flavors together. All right. And uh, what about cost? How much, you know, you got your regular dipping Dots that are usually like, I don't know, five bucks or something like that. But what about the, uh, the alcohol? Well, raising prices this year, Drew. We're going to oh. have limited attendance. We're going to have, uh, you know, be, uh, lines are going to be shorter. People aren't going to have to wait as long. So we're going to go ahead and uh, raise prices on you. Just account, account for changes in cost of production and changes with distribution with COVID. The supply chain is a little broken with COVID-19, Drew. So uh, we're going to raise the, the, the price to $26 this year. Uh, with people working from home, they've been saving money on gasoline. Of course, we talked about our supply side issues that we have. So, yeah, prices are going up this year, Drew. Yeah, well, they'll be using that to purchase dipping Dots, hopefully. Um, we do have some questions that we want to get answered from our loyal listeners. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter and on uh, email? Drew, I love hearing from our listeners. We've got some great questions. Every, every week we have the best questions and, you know, the millions of listeners that we have for this podcast, Drew. If you want to find me on Twitter, my Twitter address is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or you can find me on email. My email address is markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, 
markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter. To be real honest with you, Twitter is probably a better way to get in touch with me. I don't know how the last time you go check the email. It might have been a couple of years since we checked that email. So it's probably just a twit at best just to twit at me, and uh, we can go from there. All right. Well, our first question comes from John Chumbler on Twitter. That's at John Chumbler. That's John, J-O-N. Mark, who are your picks to win the American League and National League Cy Young Award? Well, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Major League Baseball, but I did look up the stats, and I, I wanted to see who was leading the league, each league in wins, because that's the most important category. And uh, apparently uh, Shane Bieber of the American League Cleveland Indians and Hugh Darvish of the Cubs are leading the league in wins. And that being the most uh, really important category, I, I, I believe they're going to win the Cy Young Award in, in their respective leagues. Okay, fair enough. We hear from Paul Witt, that's at P-W-H-I-T-T on Twitter. Can you give some insight on the testing protocols you and Yorgo developed and tested during your July 4th extravaganza uh, and how they were instrumental in helping the Big Ten return to football? I'll hang up and listen. Well, some of the uh, some of the things that we used for our, our fireworks extravaganza that you mentioned uh, served as a template for what the Big Ten's doing. They're not doing the exact same thing that we did because uh, they had to take account for things like mass production uh, over time. We just had to help a whole bunch at once, but they had to do it every you know three times a week for their players. But uh, I was happy to share with them the formula that we came up with for testing uh, and the rapid testing that we developed. You know, used to be a few months ago, you get a test on it, it'd take five, six, seven days to get a result back. Uh, now we can get that test back in two, three hours. So uh, we're, we're glad that we had an influence in helping the Big Ten return to football and the research that we do at the course and with that Dippin' Dots money is, uh, is pretty helpful in getting football back on track this year. All right. We hear from Paul T. Graham, uh, same uh, on Twitter, at Paul T. Graham. Mark, can you share your listeners how you helped shape your good friend, Coach Mike Leach, his offensive philosophy? You know, Mississippi State, Mike Leach just won at LSU. Uh, you know, K.J. Costello threw for 600 yards in the big win. And uh, also talk about Coach Leach's approach to what Paul says, disciplining spoiled brat privileged players years ago. Thanks again for being the best in the business. Well, first off, I, I believe he's probably, Paul's referring to the, to the Adam James, Craig James situation with Mike Leach, but uh, uh, I don't know what, what, you know, he calls disciplining players, but locking somebody up in a tool shed for three days, some of us would call that inhumane. So, uh, Paul, I think your moral compass is broken there, buddy. You need to uh, maybe get that fixed. I don't know where in the world you think locking somebody up for three days in a tool shed is what we call discipline. Sounds like it's a inhumane treatment to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to respond to that. I think that's disgusting. Anyone who idolizes that type of behavior, frankly, uh, this is a disappointing question from Paul Graham, to be honest with you, Drew. Yeah, that's par for the course here. We hear from Alabama Pro Updates, who you mentioned about his website last week and probably brought him millions and millions of viewers or um, visitors. Mark, knowing that you've given a lot of family advice to your good friend Rush Probst over the years, were you responsible for California quarterback Jake Garcia's parents legally separating so he could be eligible to play for Valdosta High School this season? And so far, I think, and it may have been even since Bama Pro Updates sent this, that believe the quarterback has been declared ineligible this this year. But uh, as far as the question about his parents, Mark, maybe you can speak to that. Well, Drew, I guarantee you if I was trying to get Jake Garcia eligible to play for Valdosta, you know, he, I'd have done it in a way that he'd have been eligible. So um, clearly I didn't have anything to do with that. I don't believe in the uh, – I, um, 
I believe in the sanctity of marriage, Drew. That's my, my, why my wife and I are so strong all these years and still faithful to each other. Um, so we're, yeah, that's, that's why I believe, I believe our marriage is so strong because of that faith we have in each other. And I would never want that for anyone else, Drew. But I can't say I, I, I'm not going to answer the question of if, if I've ever been influential in getting a high school student transferred to another uh, school for playing, uh, playing ball. I can't answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question here. Um, but I just hope it works out for uh, Mr. Garcia and his parents. All right. And I hope that um, a good friend, Russ Probst, finds a quarterback for this year. Yeah, no doubt. I hope hope so as well. Most importantly. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up this week's edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Please go search and subscribe and rate us on any podcast platform. Mark, thanks so much for joining me again. As always, Drew, it's a pleasure to be on. I hope to be on again real soon. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.